The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jess Navarez. I am your host for the day, joined by Aisha Morrison. We're live here at the Star, but you may have noticed we have a little bit of a special guest today that we are so excited to welcome. Brian Broaddus, ladies and gents, he is live from Oxnard, California. Brian, a round of applause because we are so just stoked to have you on with us today. First of all, we were talking about this pre-show. Do you ever sleep? I think that's the main question everybody wants to know. How are you feeling this morning, my friend? Well, I'll tell you what, I feel great. It's uh, nice to be out here in, uh, in Oxnard. It's, uh, it's my last day, which is kind of, it's sad. I'm so used to all those years of working with DallasCowboys.com and getting to stay the whole time. So I'm very, uh, I'm very sad about having to leave, uh, you know, the practices and the interviews and everything that goes on out here because you learn so much about this football team when you live with them like we do in these training camp situations. So it's a, it's a sad day. I'm a, it's a happy day because I'm excited about being on your guys' program, but a sad day that this is the final time I get to kind of talk about this football team in California. Well, what a way to really end your your tour here with, with training camp by being on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, because uh, we haven't had you on yet. So one, we're very excited about that. Two, like you said, you've been boots on ground. You've been keeping an eye on everything for us over there. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about. And, you know, Something that I really admire about your work ethic is how you view football. So I'm really excited uh, to pick your brain today. But let's get to it because the Dallas Cowboys have had five practices so far uh, and then two walkthroughs today. Again, another walkthrough. So um, something I really like that Mike McCarthy reiterated this week is they don't have four days of practice in a row. And he hasn't done that uh, for a long time. So giving the guys there some rest. But... I want to defer to you first, Brian, because we haven't gotten to talk to you yet. So what are some of your initial reactions out of camp so far? Anybody that's really stood out to you? And just some guys that maybe have come as a little bit of a surprise for you early on in this camp. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I understand um, today is the, uh, in the, the day's NFL we see a lot of teams that do the training camp practices with other teams. You know, you try and get some competition. Maybe you go and you're going to play a preseason game in Buffalo, so you go and work with the Bills for a couple of days, and then you have those. Uh, then you have the actual game. The thing about the practices that go on behind us on this field is that the Cowboys have not done that, or they have not thought about that for this year. And the reason I believe is because. When they go offense and defense, I've really noticed there'll be one day the defense is really good, and then the next practice the offense will be really good. And so there's a lot of competition. When you go through the whole the whole lineup, when you go through the ones versus ones, twos versus twos, threes, when they get the opportunity, it's super competitive out here. And you know when you've got some of the some of the best receivers in the league running routes against some of the best defensive backs in the league, or you've got Tyron Smith you know, working against uh, Michael Parsons and you know, Terrence Steele and all these guys, you know, it's, 
it's really a very positive setting when you watch the work that these guys get because it has been very much a one team wins one day, another team wins the next day. And it's and it's been super fun to follow. There's a lot of, of great storylines that way. I, I think that going into this training camp, I know I was worried about running back depth and I was worried about the linebacker play. I kind of felt like that if the Cowboys, those might be some areas that they're looking at, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, sh- uh, to kind of shore up going forward. But those have been a couple pretty strong areas for them. You know, the linebackers have done a good job. The backups have done a nice job. Clark, Overshone, Cox, those guys have played, done a nice job. The running backs, you know, we, uh, it's fun to watch Deuce Vaughn carry the ball when, you know, when he makes those cuts. Uh, you know, we've, uh, you've, you've seen some, so, you know, with Ronald Jones, I thought, had a really good day yesterday running the football. Rico Dowdle catching the football. They're trying to run some screen packages and stuff like that. Be a little bit different uh, with their deceptives. So, it's been a it's been that type of camp where maybe you felt like there were some deficiencies, but they're looking like that might be a strength. Now the problems, and I know we'll get into it on our show, is what's going on with the offensive line. They don't seem to have the depth right now mm. and the way it's going. And a lot of it has to do with what's going on on the defensive line, too. The defensive tackles are playing well. The edges are doing a nice job. You know, they're being disruptive. It's It's been one of those things where these young backup offensive linemen have had their hands full with a front seven, I feel like, that's having a, a pretty darn good camp for uh, Dan Quinn and those defensive guys. Oh, yeah, Brian. I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that Mike McCarthy decided not to do joint practices this year. And to me, that really just shows the confidence that he has in this roster to bring the best out of each other. And then also, um, I I heard Mike McCarthy talking about the idea that, you know, competing against Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn actually was on, you know, the radio the other day, and he was just talking about how they're making each other better and Mm -hmm. how they're building um, upon each other with, them not having joint practices with another team and how Mike McCarthy getting back in the groove of being an offensive coordinator, who better to go against in practice than Dan Quinn, who is really risen to be one of the premier DCs in this league right now. So I, I'm, um, I was, I don't know. I was, I was kind of torn when I heard they weren't going to have any joint practices, but to see it and to see it in real time and how that competition seems to be bringing the best out of each other, out of the guys, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that transfers to the field. And you brought up the things that we were kind of worried about, the linebacker depth. How good is it to see DeMarvion Overshone? They're giving him the green dot and letting him call the plays. And then also, too, um, Jabril Cox really showing that he's a little bit more sure about himself when he's coming downhill, when he's right. slashing, making tackles. I'm, I'm, uh, and then Damone Clark getting a full camp, mm-hmm. finally, and getting right. to see him shine, spending all the time with uh, Leighton Vanderesh. It looks like it's paid off. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up. Like some of the things we were worried about, the running back depth, the linebacker depth, we're starting to see those things kind of calm down. Yeah. And that offensive line is probably the biggest thing that you're kind of not um, sure about at this present yeah. moment, right? Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought up yeah, Damone no, Clark, yeah. too, because I, I got to talk to him before I left camp. And specifically, when I was talking to him, I said, you know, 
this is really your first camp. How how does it feel for you, first of all? And he said, I'm so excited. I'm just, I just want to be out there. And and what you're seeing, too, is a product of this chemistry. Everybody keeps talking about it and the camaraderie within all of this team across all lines. You're talking rookies, vets, offense, defense, special teams. Can't forget to mention special teams yeah. in there as well. <laughs> um, and then, you know, what you're also seeing is um, the initiative that these guys take outside of the practice field to get to know each other. Absolutely. Because something that uh, Damone talked about with me with Leighton is that when he was going through his rehab and post uh, spinal fusion surgery, Leighton was going to all of his sessions with him, his rehab sessions. And so he would go in there and sit with him and talk to him. Aisha's going to cry. I didn't mean to say all. Um, (laughs) And so he would sit there and talk to him and he would get to know him, tell him your time's coming, your your time's coming. And then he talked about how, you know, camp is here and Leighton said, it's your time, time to go. And so uh, he also said that uh, last season when Anthony Barr was out with the injury and it was his time to kind of step in and step up. Leighton was really rallying behind just saying, like, it, it, this is your guy. It's his time. His number's being called. Uh, let's get him in there. So to see these younger guys and, and the mix of younger and older within this team come together like they have, I think is something special. And it, it just uh, iron sharpens iron. We can't say that enough. But that's really the mentality, especially when you're going up the, against this Dan Quinn defense. <laughs> what better defense are you going to get practice reps against if you're the Cowboys offense yeah, at this point? The offense could say the same. Yeah. They could say, hey, we we might have been, like, top-notch last year as well. Yeah. So – I think that um, this is just going to pay dividends later on in the season. Yeah, well, they, they were a situation yesterday where Dan Quinn walked three safeties into the box and forced Dak Prescott to use a timeout. <laughs> Dak looked across the <laughs> Dak looked across the defense. He goes, "I haven't seen this one yet." You know, you have a safety sitting in the middle of the field, and then he's got three three safeties standing in the box, and Dak said, mm, "I don't know if I could get a playoff running against this one." So, quick timeout. <laughs> but yeah, Mike McCarthy and Dan, it's nice to see them kind of go back and forth, and that's the way practice. Needs to be. I yeah. mean, Mike has to get used to calling plays again. Yeah. You know, and if Dan, if they're going off script, if they're not scripting all their plays, and Mike's just calling plays and Dan's just calling defenses and they're matching personnel, that's just a great, that not only helps the players, but it also helps the coaches. Absolutely. And so, something that's been a large topic of conversation is this trash talk uh, entire situation, right? And so, uh, Trayvon Diggs, Dak Prescott, and I hate even bringing this up because it seems so irrelevant, but something relevant that we've gotten out of it is to see how much these guys have each other's backs and how much they defend each other in these situations. And something special that I think was a little nugget that uh, when you asked, uh, Brian, when you asked Dak about, can you trust receivers too much? And he, he made it more of a general thing is trust within the entire team. Yeah. Something very special about Dak Prescott right. that I think goes unrecognized is that he talked about, well, when it comes to trash talk, I'm the one initiated it, initiating it in the locker room with these guys, but only to the guys that do it to me too. Mm. And Dak Prescott personalizes his approach with every single guy that he's working with across the board, whether it's receivers on his end or Trayvon Diggs, the cornerbacks uh, on the defensive side of things there too. So he said, you know, if a guy's not engaging in these things with me, I'm not going to do it to them. I don't want to create an issue and create a deep cut there. And I thought that was a perfect little gem and nugget uh, when you were talking to Dak yesterday um, with that interview. It was a great interview if you guys haven't heard it already. Um, and Brian asked that question. And I thought that was a glorious question for you to ask Dak. Is there such thing as too much trust? And Brian, I want to defer back to you to say, how much different is this team looking as far as the trust factor and really where that's trickling into on all cylinders of this game right now from what you've seen at camp so far? 
Yeah, I think Jess, when you know, when I my when I formulated the question in my mind, I, I wanted to know because Dak Prescott is the one that stands up there and takes all the blame when something bad happens. And I think there's been some times when you watch what happened to him last season with the turnovers. You know, I wanted to know is can a quarterback trust your teammates too much can you can you like you know can you say okay Noah Brown I'm just going to keep throwing you the ball even though the ball gets knocked up in the air or we don't get the right route or you know there's things I I singled out Noah Brown but you know CeeDee Lamb Dalton Schultz everybody seemed to have a turn and you know in a way with Dak he's the one that has to stand up there and take the arrows you know he's the one that everybody asks the questions what about the turnovers what about the turnovers and I think with Dak it's turned into also it's turned into uh, talking about communication and being on the same page and Mm -hmm. things because you know a lot of his turnovers when you go back and watch them yeah there's some things that were on Dak maybe some poor reads but there were also some missed assignments as well that have caused these turnovers so I want to know about the trust but the trust is also in the teammate that like that guy that, that you line up with can I trust you to do this? Can I trust you to do that? But can I also trust you to be a good teammate? When you know, when I get on you about something, you know, how do you take that? You know, I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you motivated. I'm trying to get you better, and all that. And you know, Dak is just such a leader. And for the national narrative to be, oh, there's a problem with Dak and Diggs and all that. It's just the furthest thing from the truth. And mm-hmm. you know, yesterday on the break, I'm sitting there like. You know, I, I basically you know look right in the camera and say to the national media, like, listen, if you want to be really good at your job, follow everybody on DallasCowboys.com. Read about this team. You know, follow people on Twitter that cover the team. Watch the All-22. You know, if you want to be really good at your job, because you talk about this team all the time. Every time I watch yeah. TV, they're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. But there's 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 like this non-educated... And it's, and it's coming from guys that are former players. And LaShawn McCoy is a great example of this. He's talking about that division, and he should know better. You know, he was a player. There was going to be that back and forth. There's going to be that competitive side. There's going to be that time at practice where it gets a little edgy. But, you know, there's we, Aisha and I were talking about this when we used to do the draft show together. You know, there's going to be some edginess between our evaluations you know I'm gonna question her she's gonna question me you know it doesn't mean we don't like each other or care about each other it's just the way that you have to it, it helps everybody get better and yeah. the national media making it out like Dak has problems his teammates have problems with him is the furthest thing from the truth yep. you know it just is but it's trust you know and it's all about trust whether it's trusting you to run the right assignment or trusting you I can get on you and you're not going to take it the wrong way Absolutely. And I think if people apply that to their own jobs and their own situations, right? Because you just talked about doing the draft show with Aisha. That's something that even this podcast alone, we had to learn to do last year was how to work together. And then once we're at that level, how do we make each other better? You know, um, I'm not an X's and O's type of gal. Aisha is. So how can I learn from her? But also, how can she give me feedback to be better at that? Right. So I think when you look at these kind of narratives, you really wonder, it's it's just not a one-size-fits-all situation, right? So if that was LaShawn's kind of 
experience, it doesn't mean that's Dax and Trey's, right? So um, I'm so glad right. you mentioned that. And you know what? We have a lot more to get into. We're going to talk about that O-line group specifically, like Brian teased about earlier. We're also going to kick on the kicking situation a little bit here uh, on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We'll be right back right after this. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one -on -one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-326. 6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to mybariatricsolutions.com. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi, made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk all things Cowboys offensive line. We're going to get into the kicking situation. But first, let's talk fan of the year. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe the Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys fan of the year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win exclusive prizes plus a trip to Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year year. Sounds like a good deal there. Uh, like I said, I know a couple people that I, I think I could nominate, but besides the point, <laughs> Brian, you've been in Oxnard this entire time. This is your last day there. But um, what you really see is, is uh, this, the fan base coming out to Oxnard. Oxnard is such a beautiful place. Uh, a lot of fans coming out, so very exciting to see that there. So, hey, maybe one of those will be the fan of the year. Who, who knows? But... What I wanted to get who, back who into... Knows? I got a lot of them. Oh, <laughs> there is a lot. Uh, what I wanted to get back into, um, Aisha, we were talking during the break uh, kind of about that last segment, and I think you made a very important point of these guys knowing the why. And I, I really want to hear your viewpoint on 
how that's shaping up to kind of strengthen this team and making that iron as sharp as possible going into the rest of camp and really the rest of the season. Oh yeah, so one thing about Mike McCarthy that I think um, his coaching style is unique in a sense that he's talked about the fact that he has daughters. So he's had to learn how to adjust to a lot of these younger players, their language, how, how they receive things. And um, when you're growing up as a kid, if you ask why, <laughs> I know if I asked why when I was told to do something, it was looked at as, you know, why are you asking why? You're just supposed to do what you're told, be obedient. But at the same time, he's opened up the opportunity for these players to ask why, to understand the why. So when you're in a play, if, if for instance, you, the, you're the wide receiver and you're supposed to drag and bring somebody out of the play, bring, drag the safety out of the play, if you don't do that, then that causes an interception that could cause an interception so these guys are also being able to understand what their specific jobs are and it can be it's broken down into detail to a point to where everyone everyone understands and you can tell from their interviews that if they do their job the play will work if you do what you need to do we will be successful and so I, I think that was an important part of this offseason that I've realized in a lot of these interviews is players understanding the purpose of the play, the purpose of the of the game plan, why are we doing this? And in turn, that allows these guys to play more free and to also be confident in what they are doing on the field. Love that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Brian, I'm gonna defer back to you for this one. A lot of the conversation, even before training camp, was about the Cowboys' offensive line, the versatility, what is, what is it really gonna look like when the season shapes up? Do we know? No. Do we still know? No. Uh, there's, there's really, there's not a lot of updates there. But what I want to defer to you to is, you know, obviously without Zach Martin being there, he's not just a locker room leader, but yeah. he is Zach Martin. Period. Mm. Um, what do you really notice from this Cowboys offensive line? during camp and what have you seen from them so far who are some of the guys that you know are in the rotation what do some of those rotations look like give me the lowdown on all things Cowboys offensive line and what to kind of look out for uh going forward as you know the preseason kicks off really next week unbelievable it's already almost preseason yeah yeah it's it's very noticeable when Zach Martin's not in the lineup Mm -hmm. and it it happens when uh, you know and to, uh, I think with Matt Farniak, he is right now the best option if they have to go forward without Zach Martin. And, and, and guys, I every day at practice, I try and position myself to talk to somebody in the front office that can maybe give me a Zach Martin update. And, you know, they're, every day it's the same answer, like, nope, nothing new to report, nothing new to report. So, you know, the Cowboys, I believe, are or dug in on, you know, I, I felt like initially that they would try and find a way to meet Zach halfway. You know, maybe not the full $7 million that the gap between where he's making and, and what the top ones are making. And I felt like that, well, maybe you could find 2 $3 million there. But the more I've been out here, the more I've felt like that they're just digging in. They're like, listen, at one time he was the highest paid you know, uh, he was one of the highest paid interior linemen in the league. And as the years go by, you no longer become the highest paid guy. But, you know, it's these contracts. And I think that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are very mindful of talking about, they love Zach Martin. Everybody loves Zach Martin. I mean, he's one of the, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's an all pro. He's everything you want to talk about with an offensive lineman. But the Cowboys have, I think, learned their lessons over the years. I remember being at the Combine 
and Stephen Jones, and this was this was the Ezekiel Elliott, you know, and he's talking about Todd Gurley, and he goes, well, Todd, you know, the money for Zeke starts at Todd Gurley, and you know, at that time it was a, you know, pretty expensive uh, proposition to, you know, with a contract like that, and I think over the years they've kind of talked about talked about their players, talked about Dak, talked about Zeke, talked about these guys, and in a way that the agents are like, well, wait a minute. You know, you're telling me this is an all-pro guy, this is a Hall of Fame guy, but you don't want to pay him like that. You know, so I think the Joneses are being very mindful about, you know, but they understand, you know, they understand that they need Zach Martin out here, and it's it's really clear. But like I say, Matt Farniak, you know, has, has gotten an opportunity to, you know, Brock Hoffman's gotten an opportunity, T.J. Bass has gotten an opportunity, and there's been times where, you know, and they're trying to kind of figure things out at right tackle because they don't. They're they're kind of working Terrence Steele in, so there's some times where he is the he's the tackle, and then you know wait, or there's somebody else now. I mean, it's like a rotation, you know, and the, and Josh Ball's getting work at you know, it's just hasn't been clean, and. There's been some times where they've been able to run the ball. The tight ends did a pretty good job the other day, uh, yesterday, with it, the point of attack blocking. But you can tell that there's just that that big hole right there at right guard. And you, you just want Martin and Steele to get back together and practice and get to where that level that they were last year before Terrence Steele got hurt. It's just, it's just It's so clear, but it's also so clear that the depth right now is really struggling, and maybe they're really struggling because of what you guys have been talking about. The front seven on this Cowboys defensive line have not made it easy on these guys at all. Oh yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought up. I'm so glad that you brought up Terrence Steele and Zach Martin, and them being a tandem at this point. Um, seeing how they moved that offensive line on that right side was impressive. Um, at certain points last year. And one thing I worried about with off, within the offensive line, Brian, you taught me this, is that when a guy, when a guy is weaker next to another guy, there's compensation going on. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is with Terrence Steele coming back from this ACL injury, he looks fantastic. And, and when, they, when he is in there, it's very noticeable that he is there. But he is coming back from an ACL in, uh, injury. And for him to not to have his roadie there to depend on, to be his anchor, possibly, you know, as he works himself back into that game shape, to that, to that elite level that we saw him play at last year, I, that's what I worry about for Terrence Steele not having his, his yeah. roadie. And, um, and so that's like, even though I understand, I think the depth in fairness to your point, Brian, that you brought up about the front seven, yo, <laughs> most teams are yeah. going to struggle with what we're seeing out there. Like, I, I mean, right. it's not, and it's coming in waves, Brian. Like, the depth of the defensive line right. is to a point to where if you do sub a guy out, if you're an opposing team, man, the second stringers of the Cowboys are going to, they're going to work out things too like they're going to re- they're going to be productive as well so this young offensive line they're trying to get cohesiveness and we've talked about com- like we talked about um continuity that's very difficult to do when they're rotating right. guys out in and out so um the preseason i think is going to be so intricate this season i don't i don't know if preseason has been this important because this offensive line could be the make or breaker of what's going to happen with this team right yeah yeah Totally agree, Aisha. I think you made a great point there. And real quick on that, you know, when you got guys, even like a guy like Quentin Bohanna, 
who really, you know, it's early in his career, he just hasn't done a whole lot. We've all been kind of waiting on him. But here he is coming off the ball and he's having good practices the last couple. And, you know, so now you're not, you know, you're dealing with guys that, like I say, there's people out here that are fighting for roster spots and, mm -hmm. you know, Quentin Bohanna being one of those. And, you know, it's he's making it tough on TJ Bass and others to have to block him. So it's just overall, man, it, it has been, uh, it, it's very important, as you mentioned, for, for this offensive line, especially these backup guys. Brian, what I want to ask you is, you know, we talked about how some days the offense wins, some days some days the defense wins in these practices. Yeah. What is the offensive line doing on those really strong days for the offense, and how is that trickling down? Obviously, we know um, it, it's coming from the quickness. The, the Jack is releasing the ball as well, but what are they doing on those days that they're having really good days going up against that D-line? Yeah, the uh, just the other day when they were uh, they ran two-point plays, so your two-point plays come from the two-yard line, and they were five for five on that. I mean, there were some really nice design with from McCarthy, Schottenheimer, the offensive coaches, uh, the bunch formations, picks, getting guys in space. You know, it was really impressive. They didn't even run the ball one time. I mean, you're thinking from the two, they're going to try and run it one time. Well, they didn't even do that. So, you, you know, if you, if you go play action off that, you have to be able to be stable and not give up any penetration or anything like that. And, man, Dak had time to, you know, find the open guy, slide maybe a little bit to his right, you know, find cooks, find these guys. And then they went red zone and still were able to, like, you know, tight red zone stuff, able to block down there. There weren't the leakage. There wasn't the problems. You know, there were blitzes coming. Backs were picking up. Line was picking up. So they've had days. They've had days where they they look very together, very connected, uh, and, and, and you know, you could tell with the plays. And there's been some stuff, like I mentioned yesterday, in the running game where the tight ends, and, you know, we're starting to see where Ferguson and Hendershot, Schoonmaker has pads on now. Hopefully he'll get the practice here uh, before long. But, you know, the tight ends at the point of attack, the tackles, steal, those guys were able to get some movement uh, at the point. And then the ball, you know, whether it's Deuce or Jones or one of those guys were able to kind of knife through there and get some positive yards. So I think yesterday was more of running the football, Dak not throwing the ball as much, mm. like half of what he threw from the previous practice. So yesterday was more a little bit of an emphasis on trying to run the football. And that's where you really notice the offensive line the most is that ability to create holes. But then, you know, when they throw the football, they just can't. There's times where these quarterbacks are having to move because maybe a little bit of some breakdown. The, the, but the positives are the physicality which they played with and the ability to run the football and some of those plays on the two-point plays, the goal line or the, uh, the uh, red zone plays, you know, when they've had success on those, a lot of it has to do with what's going on up front. Oh, great stuff, Brian. We're going to go ahead and take our next break because I want to spend a little bit longer in our next segment talking about this kicking situation, really where it stands right now. And then, Brian, I have a special question I'm going to ask you in this next segment that we talked about in our last show, but we'll get to that here in just a bit. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. That's what I like. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with the bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to My Bariatric Solutions. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Well, welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to kick things off in just a second, and you'll understand why that makes sense. But let's talk about training camp, because Dallas Cowboys training camp 2023 is here, brought to you by American Airlines. Watch the team practice on select dates through August 15th in sunny Oxnard, California. Admission is free, so for more information, you can visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp. Brian, it looks a little sunny over there. It doesn't look like it's as sunny as it will get in the afternoon, but it, it it does look sunny. Usually when we're talking to Haley at this time, it's overcast. So I always feel very weird saying sunny Oxnard, California, but it looks sunny today. So uh, I'm glad that boded well. But you know what? Something I've been wanting to talk to you about, Brian, is the kicking competition because, mm. well, that is just, uh, that is something. So what I wanted to ask you is, you know, it really seems like Brandon Aubrey and Tristan Vizcano are kind of neck and neck right now with their competition. It, it doesn't really seem like one is taking the lead more than others. How do, how do they look in person, right? Because we can see things on social media and, and draw conclusions based on just a little 30-second clip. How are they looking over there, and what are their strong suits that you're seeing so far? Well, I think you're absolutely right about the situation, and it seems like that when one has an opportunity to kind of take a hold of this, they'll miss a 44-yard field goal. Right. You know, it's it's really strange. It's, it's like they... They go through these where one of them is five of seven, the other is six of eight. You know, it, it's just kind of a, it, it's there. I think if you had, if I had to handicap who's winning this right now, I think it's Vizcaino is the one. Even though the numbers are very, very similar, this thing might come down very well, the ability to kick off. And, mm. you know, and I know it's, Sounds crazy that you think about, oh, it's going to come down to a kick, a kickoff, but which one of these guys does have the strongest leg? Who can get the touchbacks? The problem with some of these, like I say, there will be three or four kicks in a row, 
by both guys that are quality kicks right down the pipe. And then all of a sudden, they will just yank one just so bad. And it happened yesterday. Vizcaino, he's just sailing along, and then, you know, 45 yards, boom, just I mean, just one of the worst kicks you'll ever see. And that's been the real concern, I think, the consistency. You know, when they've asked these guys to compete, you know, in front of all the fans, in front of the media, uh, even pre, I watch pre-practice kicking, and it's miss here, miss there. And it's not because of bad snap, bad hold. It's just technique is poor. You know, and, and like I say, maybe Vizcaino trying to hit it a little too hard. Aubrey overcompensating. He missed one on the right. Now he's over trying to compensate. Still misses another one from the right. So there's a side of me that is not really sure that we've seen the starting, mm. uh, the kicker that's going to make this team for the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, it happened last year. But right now, you know, it's, let me put it this way. It's not as bad with the misses that we saw last year. Those aren't as bad. But there's still that thought that how can you miss 44-yard field goals? How can you miss a 43-yard field goal? How do you miss a 45-yard field goal? Perfect snap, perfect hold, perfect conditions. Mm. So that's something they're dealing with right now. Yeah, Brian. And two things that you look for in training camp um, is consistency and confidence. And that's across the board with any, with any position. But specifically with the kicker position, the minute that you don't see that consistency and you don't see that confidence, it gets a little it gets a little scary because that those you know right. I feel like it's so important for kickers to have those two things and it sounds like um, these gentlemen are kind of struggling with that. So, I have yeah. you ever seen a kicker you know get themselves out of this 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 I don't know like a rut almost kind almost of like kind of a headspace right well, yeah have you ever seen they, a kicker well, find their confidence in a situation like this or in your experience is this something that typically continues well it's funny Aisha that to me I'm watching these guys and when one misses the other one you're thinking okay take advantage right and then they miss you know it's kind mm-hmm. of like they They'll make, they'll make four or five in a row, both of them, and then they'll have a miss. And then the next guy will kick and he'll miss. And you're like, bro, you have a chance to, like, put this guy away. Mm-hmm. You know, you have. It looks like we have Brian a little bit on a freeze there, but he was on a really good point uh, talking about, you know, kind of taking advantage of the opportunities when right. they're coming. So for me, what, what I think it comes down to is a couple of things. Obviously, technique, like he mentioned, but confidence. I think confidence is a really big issue that we've heard echoed even just throughout the Cowboys offense of yep. building that confidence and how important it is to do so. For me, I think um, it's a confidence game for them. And as we know, and as we saw last year with uh, Brett Maher, it's a game of, you know, really being the best you can be in your own head. It's a game of uh, mentally being in your game. And it's not just physical, right? So we talked about that last season a lot. But, Aisha, what I really want to ask you is, you know, say... Brian, you know, Brian just mentioned that he doesn't think the starting kicker is on the roster right now. How do you think this would bode well? And I'm not just talking about, you know, this season. I'm looking far ahead of things because I understand with the appeal of wanting a younger kicker. Do you think the solution is bringing a more veteran season guy again like they did last year? Or do they wait and then they kind of just 
I don't know, nick out these bumps with these younger kickers now and then kind of think ahead of time and for their future selves? Well, I think you have to consider the rest of the team also in this in this conversation because you don't want to get to a point to where, you know, this offense is driving, they get they and and there's an extra there's a missed extra point or something of that nature. Like we saw what that did even last year to the Bucks game. Like even though the the Cowboys had distanced themselves, you know, scoring wise, you still were just nervous when you were seeing those extra missed points because at the end of the day you're going to have to go forward in the playoffs you're going to have to see that person again and um across the nfl right now kicker is something that is almost becoming a luxury to have a guy that's almost automatic to come out there is becoming almost a luxury so to me i would if i were the team you have to consider where the team is right and they are ready to ready to win now and we can we can tell like there's been plenty of times in playoff games across the nfl that the kicker has been the reason why they did not advance and so i'm i'm looking at that and i don't i don't know if a young kicker is the solution because we're these gentlemen are young kickers yeah these these yeah. guys are young kickers and we're not seeing that so i would i would think that if they were trying to go ahead and, and really try to win now, I would look into possibly getting a veteran guy. Um, there are some gentlemen that are still out there that may give you a lot more ease when they they jog onto that field mm. than what we're dealing with right now. Sure. Camp. sure. And we got Brian back. Brian, we missed you oh, for about five whole seconds. Is that what you're oh, trying to goodness. tell me? I'm yeah. like... We, we <laughs> missed you for that, that <laughs> long period of time we didn't get to see you. But... Yeah. No, I was I was listening. No, I, <laughs> no, I I just I I, I was listening that. to you guys make your points. Yeah, oh, thank good you. points. Oh, see, he was like, you know what? Mm. They got this. I'm gonna shut off. I'm done. Mm. I'm done for the day. A little prima donna move by Brian brought us <laughs> over there. But Brian, what I want to ask you is kind of deferring back to the question I asked Aisha was, do you feel like it's one of those things where they yeah. stick with the younger kicker, deal with what they're dealing with now, and then you know as time goes on they get better and they kind of have that spot solidified for future seasons or do you kind of go through this shuffle that we've seen of getting these veteran kickers that are a little bit older but they're in their prime game and they're consistent which one is kind of worth going for at this point well I think that they're probably they're probably going to ride with these guys at least right now and you know there's names out there Mason Crosby Robbie Gould I know visiting with some people uh, in San Francisco about Robbie Gould. Uh, you know, he never misses a kick in the playoffs, but Robbie Gould doesn't want to kick off and he doesn't want to try field goals that are longer than 50 yards. He just doesn't want to do that. And so all of a sudden, you look at Mike McCarthy and what they were doing last year with Brett Maher, they were kicking 50 yard field goals. That wasn't the problem for Brett Maher. 50 yard field goals weren't the problem. 33 yards was the problem for Brett Maher. So that's kind of where, you know, these veteran kickers, what are, you, what are you getting? What are you going to get? Yes, you're getting experience. Are you getting the consistency, though? But these games, the way that they are in the NFL, if you have a kicker that can't, you know, is going to miss a field goal a game or, you know, that, that's just like death right there, you know. So uh, I, I don't know. I think they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. They just need one of these guys to step up and, you know, 
I can understand you're missing one field goal, maybe from 51 yards, but if you're missing field goals inside of 45 yards, two or three of those, there's you just don't have a lot of confidence, you know, because that's where you're that's where you're winning games right there. Game-winning field goal, 45 yards, yeah, kicks up and it's no and good, and you lose, yeah. and now you're, you know, you've wasted one of your 17 opportunities on a missed kick because you're waiting on a kicker and all that. So it's a little yeah. bit of a it's a rock and a hard place situation for sure. Oh, it really is. And something that Micah said in his press conference the other day that I thought was such a genius way to really look at football as a whole is he said it comes down to one play. A loss can really come down to one play. And that one play could be a missed kick field goal, right? I mean, it could be a missed kick. It could be something along those lines. And um, so I think it'll be an interesting thing come preseason games to really look at. Yeah, I'm really curious about... Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Cowboys hired a lot of data and analytics folks. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder if, you know, that is that comes into play when you start talking about this kicking game. What is Do the analytics say that going for two is going to be probable here or is going to be something that could be successful here? Or just going for it in general to not even take the three to consistently go for it. I mean, you saw the Eagles last year. Yeah. They very rarely kicked field goals because they would just go for it. They would just go for it. If it was short yardage, they had confidence yeah. in their team that they could move that, move the sticks in that way. And so I wonder if those those folks come into play also too when we start, sure. if, if this isn't shored up the way that maybe makes us comfortable moving forward. Sure, that makes sense. And uh, Brian, if I'm not mistaken, we were seeing some two-point conversions uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, in the red zone, yeah. so point. that could also be, you know, another thing right. that they make sure they shore up and they find that red zone guy because, of course, mm -hmm. we know Ezekiel Elliott's not there. He was top in the league in the red zone and scoring. So who is that new guy for the Dallas Cowboys? We have yet to really see. And so I saw Jake Ferguson uh, getting some action in on there as well. Uh, I think Peyton Hendershot could be another good option. And then, of course, we have yet to see what Deuce Vaughn can do in the red zone. I think there's a lot of options here uh, for that right. as well. Quarterback that can run the ball. There you go. Dak using his legs, which we've seen uh, more and more. But, Brian, before we run out of time, I said I had a little special question to ask you. And, you know, we're kind of building this girls talk, boys talk zoo, if you will, here. And I hope by the end of the season we can have a full roster of animals uh, comparing to all of these guys. And we'll see what we can come up with because I don't know if I can name 53 uh, animals, if I'm being <laughs> honest. But... Uh, Brian, what player has surprised you the most during this camp? And what animal would you correlate him with? Because we have our hare, our bear, and our pony that we talked about in our last episode. So who is your most surprising player and what is your animal? Well, you're going to need to add a bobcat <laughs> oh. to this, uh, this zoo. Love it. And, 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 yeah, you're going to need to add a bobcat to, a bobcat to the zoo. Uh, bobcat's a little bit smaller kind of a quicker, kind of, you know, shifty in the way that they, they move and the way they attack. And that's uh, Gavante Turpin has been the bobcat of this camp oh, to me. I called and that. Oh, I, I say that, that because, uh, <laughs> because he's a smaller guy, but he's been quick. And you know what? When he's asked to, uh, bobcats, when they hunt, they finish, they can get rabbits. Mm -hmm. they, they know how to, you know, get their food and stuff like that. And I think that, that Turpin has done a really nice job in this camp of finishing plays. His catch radius is not 
large by any means. But the quarterbacks have done a good job of finding him. But when he's had to extend, you know, he's been able to lay out completely, make catches. He's done a nice job in his routes. Uh, he's, fi- he's found ways to separate, to get open, and to finish. And I think, you know, last year at this time, we were kind of talking, well, is he a gadget player? How do you get him involved? He played a lot of football last year. Between his USFL season and then the season with the Dallas Cowboys, he played you know well over 20 games. You know he was it was a long, long year. He had a time off to rest to recover. I think we're starting to see some of his playmaking ability out here as a receiver, and that's been a big surprise because I don't think people had him as one of the the five or six receivers going into camp. They felt like, well, he's just a returner only. So he's been the best surprise for me in this football camp that we've seen out here the last uh, last couple weeks. Yeah, to add on to that, Brian, I was also at minicamp is when I noticed him. At minicamp, sitting next to you. At minicamp, I was like, I could see his route running. And it looked refined. Like, it looked like he had been working on it. And so to see him out there at training camp, it looks a lot more natural to him. He looks a lot more comfortable going through. And he's so quick out of his breaks, to your point, Brian. And you mentioned his catch radius not being that big. I really – if you look at a lot of the routes they have him running, the whip routes, just the quick outs and – that's Colby. That's that reminded me mm-hmm. of like yeah. Cole Beasley stuff. And make no mistake about it, like right. that was Dak's safety blanket. Cole Beasley was very important to Dak's right. um, initial his initial couple years of being in this in the NFL. And so I think there's a comfort there with him to throw to have that that muscle memory kind of to to fit the ball to guys who don't have that big catch radius. Yeah. And because Cole Beasley doesn't have a big catch radius either he but he did stretch out for plays just like Kevontae Turpin so I I really like a lot of the route tree that I've seen Kevontae Turpin running because it is Cole Beasley-esque and I can see if he's consistent and confident as in the field in the field in the season rather that Dak is going to that's going to become one of Dak's safety blankets. Oh, yeah, and I think he already has become that because Dak, even during minicamp and OTAs, was talking about, I would pick pick, uh, Kevontae Turpin. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. I would pick Kevontae Turpin with his speed uh, any day. And then I think somebody asked, well, is he faster than Amari? And and Dak kind of laughed and said, look, man, I'm not trying to get any steam on that. But uh, Kevontae Turpin Mm -hmm. is uh, is a guy to keep an eye on for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned him as a bobcat because he was actually one of our pet cats on this podcast last season. So uh, mm. it just kind of ties in. That was, that was my bobcat. I did not see a bobcat coming, but it's fitting because he, yeah. he, even though he's like shorter, he's not like a smallly built guy. He's no. like if up in person. He's like, he's kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad, yep. Brian, that you were able to join us today. We absolutely love talking ball with you, and it's really just an honor for us to get to do it uh, here with you. And, of course, you're being our eyes there on the field in Oxnard. But, like you said, it's your last day, so make sure you get home safely so we can continue to talk more ball with you and hopefully have you back on the show at some point. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, and thank you guys for watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk again. We will be back Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, we're going to keep an eye on all things Dallas Cowboys training camp as it continues on in Oxnard. Have a great rest of your day. For Jess Navarro, Aisha Morrison, and Brian Broaddus, this has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?